Let's talk about a concerning trend that's starting to show up, not just in Christianity as we know it today, but going viral literally over TikTok. I'm talking about the gospel of inclusion right now on John, not quite Calvin. Hello, welcome back to John Not Quite Calvin. I am, of course, your host, though you may have forgotten, I am John Not Quite Calvin. So it's been a hot minute since I've been back, but I think that it's about time that I started talking about something. So if you guys aren't aware, uh, following on the Facebook page, uh, John Not Quite Calvin on Facebook, or the blog, johnnotquitecalvin.com, I have been a little bit busy lately. I am working on my degree program and it's been a little bit busy. <laughs> so I haven't really been up on doing all of the podcasts, all of the blogs, etc., etc. But I decided that today after taking my midterm, I was going to do a John Aquai Calvin podcast or post for you faithful few. So here I am. John Aquai Calvin is alive, people. And he is ready to take on the fight. And what am I fighting today, you may ask? It is a thing that has become known as the gospel of inclusion. So this is like the newest thing that's really starting to become popular, really coming up on the rise. And it's called the gospel of inclusion. The main person behind this movement is a man who calls himself Reverend, and his name is Reverend Brandon Roberts. He claims to be the head lead pastor of Mission Gathering San Diego. And he also is the head pastor of a online digital community called Metanoia Church. You may know him by his many books. He is a very prolific writer. He is sure to let you know all about that on his website and you can find him at brandonroberts.com uh but essentially what brandon roberts big thing is is that he's not just a noted author or a pastor he's an activist and a public theologian working at the intersections of spirituality sexuality and social renewal what a hero for our time indeed Brandon Roberts, the man who is saving Christianity from Christianity. That's right. I'm sorry to say, but the vast majority of Brandon Roberts things, if you have actually seen him on Twitter, if you've seen him on Facebook, mainly where he shows up is TikTok. And I've, I've done a post or two about, well, I've only done one post actually, now that I think about it on Facebook, where I pointed out the fact that Mr. Roberts falls into the category that I brought up briefly in one of my past posts of just accepting people because they claim the title of Christian. And specifically, this man claims to be a Christian agnostic. Just think about that. He claims to be a Christian agnostic, but he is celebrated and he is accepted by the Christian community over and beyond accepted by the Christian community in a lot of circles at least definitely not going to be accepted by like the conservatives but he is most assuredly a rising star as you would say in the christian community but also the global community 
this guy has had the opportunity to speak at such places as the White House, Oxford University, and the Parliament of World Religions. He's part of the faculty of the Lakelands Institute, and he has served on advisory committees and working groups for the Democratic National Convention, the U.S. Department of State, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Humane Society, and he was named in 2020 a fellow of the prestigious Salzburg Global Seminar. This isn't a man who's just somewhere on Twitter or on TikTok just being a recluse or anything like that. This is somebody who's not just prominent on TikTok. This is somebody who is speaking for Christians and Christianity on a global platform and a global stage. Uh, where he is speaking is somewhere that a lot of people are not able to speak when it comes to actual Christianity. But that's because he doesn't actually speak actual Christianity and also the world hates actual Christianity. But just consider that. This man, Brandon Roberts, is prolific. He has gone above and beyond, and he is definitely in the public sphere. He's the one, he's one of the people that is reaching the youth of our day, if you think about it. He's speaking to people who feel marginalized. He's speaking to people who feel that Christianity is against them. And his solution isn't the gospel. His solution is rather to make a new gospel, a new Christianity. He is one of the biggest proponents of the new progressive Christianity. I am not the first person to be talking about him, I guarantee it, and I will not be the last person to talk about him as long as he continues to have such impact on the youth today. James White had an episode on The Dividing Line where he talked about Brandon Roberts and Mike Winger also had a YouTube video that popped up. If you look them up on YouTube, those probably are going to be two of the videos that show up in recent weeks regarding him. And I think that it's important that we do talk about this man and what his impact is going to be on Christianity, but also to point out and to warn you that he's not that far off and that far out there for progressive Christianity. This man is a leading voice in progressive Christianity. A man who claims to be a Christian agnostic, which is literally a contradictory title. You can't be Christian and agnostic because Orthodox Christianity demands you to believe in one God in three persons, one of those persons being Jesus Christ. Talking about the divinity of Christ. You cannot claim that you cannot know what is beyond death when you actually understand what the scriptures teach. When we truly understand the gospel, when we truly understand the nature of God, the nature of the scriptures, and the nature of Christianity, you cannot come away from that and still be an agnostic. An agnostic does not believe in the supernatural. Like here, let's let's actually look it up. What 
What is the definition of an agnostic? A person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God or of anything beyond material phenomena. A person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God. You cannot be an agnostic and a Christian. You cannot claim to read the Bible and say, this is true, but still not know the nature of God. Why? Because if you are claiming to know Christ, which this man is, and he does over and over again, even though, if I'm being just entirely honest, if you actually listen to some of his sermons, if you actually listen to some of his videos, he has no idea what he is actually talking about. This is a man who is well-versed in the scriptures, but he has no idea what the verses actually mean. He is a master of eisegesis. He is a master of finding ways to get his message into the Bible over and over again, putting it places that it does not belong and it can never belong. This is a man who does not know who Jesus is. Why? Because he has a YouTube video one month ago that says straight up, Christians, stop idolizing Jesus. It's impossible to idolize God. God cannot be idolized. By nature, God is not an idol. Idolatry is a sin. Idolatry is looking to something or somebody for something that they cannot give. That is the, that is the basic core definition of an idol. They cannot give you what you want from them. They cannot be what they claim to be because they are not. A idol, a little statue, wood statue, cannot be God. Why? Because it can't do anything. It can't hear you. Yet, when Jesus claims that he is God, and he does claim that he's God multiple times in Scripture, he is already divine. He is beyond human comprehension, and he is who he says he is. It's not possible to idolize Jesus. It is possible to idolize a false Jesus. For instance, the Jesus of Mormonism is an idol. The Jesus of progressive Christianity is an idol. And the thing is that Mr. Robertson has proven time and time again, like I said, he doesn't know who Jesus is. Famously, he has stated that Jesus was a sinner. Nay, a racist. That's, that's, what he, that's what the definition he put into Matthew says about Jesus. He is a blasphemous man. I'm just talking about his teaching too. Most recently, one of the most recent things that has come up is that he put into the story of the resurrection of Lazarus that when Jesus says, come out to Lazarus, he's actually telling Lazarus to come out as gay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is eisegesis. This is egregious eisegesis. And this is what he does every time he teaches something from the scriptures. If you actually paid attention to what he is saying, he is using the Bible as a weapon. But he is using it as a weapon for his own gain and cause. He is isolating 
certain parts of scripture and putting them into context that they are not. A man who does not believe that he can know of the actual essence of God took one of the clearest signs of Jesus's divinity, his resurrection power of Lazarus, when he calls to him and tells him, come out of the tomb. He is not telling Lazarus to come out as gay. He is not telling Lazarus to accept himself. He's not telling Lazarus anything of the sort. Lazarus was dead. The point of the story is not that he is trying to get you to be who you've always meant to be. And he is not using the term come out as in the modern phrase that we have just developed in the last hundred years or so to regard coming out of the closet. It is not the same thing. Same words, completely different meaning because they're in a completely different context. What Jesus is doing when he tells Lazarus to come out is not, come out of the closet, be who you are, and do it with flair. No, he is not doing that. He is telling Lazarus to come out of the tomb because Lazarus is no longer dead. Why? Because Jesus has brought him back to life, thereby establishing Jesus' authority over life and death, thereby making him God. He is proving that he, when he makes claims and when he teaches what he teaches and he does the things that he does, he is showing and displaying God to the people. That was the point of Jesus's ministry. You cannot claim to know Jesus and not know about the essence or personhood of God. Why? Because Jesus came so that God could be known. That was the point of his ministry. If you actually knew what the point of his ministry was, Mr. Robertson, you wouldn't say these blasphemous things. And you also wouldn't be able to walk around claiming to be an agnostic. Mr. Robertson is over and above a heretic. Every single teaching, and they are teachings, that he has ever put out that I have seen. Okay, I'll be honest. I don't I don't hunt this person down. He shows up. But whenever he does show up, every time I have seen him, what he has taught is complete blasphemy. It is complete falsehood. And it is aggressive eisegesis. And he has made his own gospel. And he has made a gospel to fit his actual idol, which is progressivism, his lifestyle, and <laughs> himself. I mean, listen to the guy for five minutes. Watch one of his videos. The man clearly thinks that he is better at being Jesus than Jesus. Why? Because to Mr. Robertson, Jesus is a sinner. Jesus is a racist. Jesus is an example, and we need to find out how to be better humans because Jesus was just a human. He was just a rabbi. So we need to follow him. 
And by him, he means himself. Mr. Robertson clearly thinks that he is above the authority of Scripture. Why is this? Because he does not cling to any form of orthodoxy. He is not taking a historical stance when it comes to the Scriptures. He is not taking the actual Christian stance of any denomination, by the way, when it comes to the Scriptures. Even the Catholics would consider what he says about Jesus being a racist and a liar as blasphemy. And it is blasphemy because it's defaming the very nature and person of God or specifically Jesus Christ, who is within the Godhead. Any orthodox form of Christianity immediately looks at what Mr. Robertson is preaching and says, this isn't Christianity. This isn't a gospel. The man who he is talking about, even when he is quoting scripture, is not Jesus. It isn't Jesus. And the thing is that the progressive Christian gospel, this gospel of inclusion, is just like wokeism. It's just like wokeism. Like the actual like religious notion of the woke ideology. And yes, wokeism is almost a religion. I have talked about this. I had a post that said that that talked about the fact that wokeism has become a religion. There is no salvation in wokeism. There's no salvation in the gospel of inclusion. There is no salvation in progressive Christianity. And for Brandon Robertson, there cannot possibly be salvation. I'm not saying that he can't possibly come to actual faith in actual Christ. What I'm saying is that his teachings do not lead to salvation. What he has said so boldly about God and about the scriptures and about Christianity cannot lead to salvation. Why? Because he doesn't understand the very nature of God. He claims that he can't know the nature of God, even though he's read the scriptures, even though he claims to know who Christ is and that he follows Christ's teachings. How do these lead to salvation? How does it lead to salvation if Jesus, who claimed to be sinless, who was reportedly sinless, is constantly called sinless throughout the Gospels and throughout the New Testament, was a sinner. How do we trust anything that the Bible says? How do we trust anything about what Jesus taught if Jesus couldn't even teach accurately about himself? If you cannot understand the nature of God through the reading of the Bible, and you cannot understand that God is real, that God is the creator, that he is overall, that he has rules, that he has divine authority, divine judgment. If you cannot understand the basic nature of God, which is what Mr. Robertson is claiming when he claims to be an agnostic, mind you, you can't possibly understand salvation. Because you can't possibly understand what the gospel actually is talking about. 
You can't understand what the point of the lessons and teachings of Jesus Christ were actually about if you don't believe any of it is true. There is no salvation in progressive Christianity because to them, God is unknowable. Christ himself cannot be who he says he is. It's not defined. He hasn't defined it on any of his websites on <laughs> like almost anything else. And the other thing is the gospel of inclusion. That's actually a book that he's written and it says a Christian case for LGBT plus inclusion in the church. There's another book called the gospel of inclusion by a man named Bishop Carlton Pearson. And that was written in 2007, which I don't actually believe would be what Mr. Robertson is referring to, but I assume that the gospel of inclusion is mainly his case here for LGBT inclusion in the church. That's the gospel of inclusion. The gospel of inclusion is just let's, 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 let's make way for the gay and the bisexual and the transgender and all of these, you know, different groups and lifestyles that are against Orthodox Christianity. They are. You can't make a biblical argument for these things. It's been debated until we're essentially beating a dead horse that really the gospel and what we understand as sin, therefore, it's not to be named among us. It is not in the nature of the Christian to continue to live a life of blatant pride and sin. And not only that, the LGBT q plus community does very much strongly believe that it's not just about affirming your lifestyle but having pride in it and the thing is that the gospel opposes pride especially when it comes to sinful attitude especially when what you are doing has been specifically stated by god who is never changing of course, Mr. Robertson wouldn't know this because he doesn't know the nature of God because it's impossible to know. Even though it is, if you actually read the Bible, even though it is, if you actually paid attention to the consistent nature of Scripture, which you would know if you actually applied the historical narrative of the Bible to the rest of the Bible, which you would understand if you actually believed what Jesus had to say and what the apostles had to say regarding God and the nature of God and the nature of man and the nature of sin and what it means to be saved. Namely, repenting of your sin, turning away from your sin, no longer doing your sin and living a life of holiness consistent with what God said. Why? Because if we are living in a way that is consistent to what God said, we are emulating God's very nature by doing that. We have to live completely contrary to human nature in order to live according to God, because God is above humans. And the thing is, though, unlike what Mr. Robertson claims, you can know God. Read the scriptures and let the scriptures speak for themselves. Don't try to force your own agenda on the scriptures. That's not ministry. That's not a gospel. That is not Christianity. The Bible can be used to defend your life and to defend your faith if it is consistent 
with the gospel, if it is consistent with the faith of the apostles, if it is consistent with the life of Christ, if it is consistent with our historical understanding of God, you can use the scriptures to defend your lifestyle. But the thing is, if you are going to purposely go into reading your scriptures, looking for an agenda that is not in line with the actual words of scripture, you're using them wrong. You are no longer teaching. You are no longer seeking God's face, but your own in the verses of scripture. That is the danger of eisegesis. And that is all Reverend Brandon Robertson ever does is isolate different portions of scripture to force his agenda, to justify his lifestyle, to justify his sin. And to justify not repenting, humbling himself before God, and doing what God told him to. Be warned. This man is highly popular. His teaching is only going to continue to flourish unless true Christians come to the defense of actual scripture and of the actual gospel. We need to preach the real gospel. We need to preach the real Christ, the God-man, the hypostatic union. We need to preach him and him alone. We need to look into what the scriptures actually say. We need to take the scriptures word for what the scriptures are. We need to understand what God is saying and what God is teaching through his word, not through our own spiritual sexuality and social renewal lens. The only way that we are truly going to change this world, the only way that we are truly going to have peace in our time is if we have peace with God, not peace with the social justice warriors, not peace with people who hate God, hate the people who are made in his image, advocate for their murder, advocate for their destruction. You will not have peace justifying sin in the face of God. Because when we try to take our lifestyles that are against his very word and justify that, we are not going to be at peace with God. And therefore, we will not have peace. The only way that we can have peace is when we have peace with God. And the only way that we can have peace with God is through Jesus Christ faith in him and him alone, repentance and faith. That is the gospel. I don't care how popular this man's teachings are. If he actually stood up to scripture, he would always fail. Always, time and again, he would fail. This man is a heretic. This man is a false Christ. He is preaching a false Christ. He is advocating a false Christ. He is advocating a false Christianity, and he is leading not just himself, not just the people in his church, but thousands, if not millions of people on TikTok astray. Be aware of what he is saying. Be aware of what the gospel has to say. Be aware of what the scriptures have to say, and preach that and teach that to your children. That is your responsibility. Preach that and teach that to the children. Preach that and teach that to your church. Preach that and teach that every day to yourself. Christ is the only way, friends. And 
if you're following Brandon Robertson, you have no idea who you're following because he doesn't think that you can understand the very nature of God, who, by the way, came in human form, the God-man, Jesus Christ. So I'll leave you with that. And-